Yo, 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 it's your boy, Thought of Fatul. What's up, guys? It's Sports Decaf in the morning. It's the man of the hour who has his caffeine this morning, Thought of Abdullah. So we're going to get right to it. I mean, last night was hectic. Uh, I mean, Dirk and D-Wade had their last home games. And then we also saw the national championship game as well. And, you know, we even saw some football, Juju and Antonio Brown going at it. But we got to talk about the main subject, which is Magic Johnson. He is stepping down as president of basketball operations. And my question to you is, how embarrassing does, the, does this make the Lakers look? This is very embarrassing, especially for one of your all-time great players who came in the organization. They had a lot of hope for him, a lot of high praise, and he just bailed out on him. But I am going to get to his interview with Rachel Nichols where he said, you know, this wasn't him. It wasn't for him. You know, as him being Magic Johnson, he's a guy who always wants to help players. And he said recently he wanted to congratulate Russell Westbrook on, you know, his third straight triple-double season. But he said he couldn't. You know, he'd get fined for maybe tampering this and that and things like, you know, helping Serena Williams who came into contact with him not long ago. He said his goal after basketball is more more of like a helping people rather than, you know, being involved in the business aspect. But overall, I want to touch up on, you know, how he just bailed out. He was scared to confront Jeannie Buss. I mean, he did nothing for this organization overall. I mean, if you ask, if you look at it, free agency, LeBron pretty much recruited himself. I mean, he was already headed to L.A. This is a franchise who has 11 championships. Uh, they've only missed the playoffs nine times in, in their whole, I believe, career. They 58 seasons. They only missed the playoffs nine times. And they've missed five times in the last five seasons. I mean, this is a horrible way to go for the L.A. Lakers. And like Kobe said, he said, you know, these fans, they're not to be played with. And Magic Johnson, I mean, it's about damn time he's out of L.A. I mean, if anything, he was hurting this team. He wasn't really a, a leader in that position simply because you let a guy like LeBron James, you know, control you, call the shots, put guys up for trade. I mean, if anything, Magic Johnson was just a puppet to that Lakers organization. He was just one of those guys to, you know, cover up their struggles and failures to give the fans hope. And, I mean, now it, Lakers are in emergency right now. There, there's a big red flag in L.A., and something's got to happen now. Like, if, if Lakers are entering free agency, they can't target players this summer. They have got to target an executive, and they've got to target a coaching staff. Luke Walton's out in the next couple of days. We should be hearing about that. And I feel like the man with the plan is Jerry West. If the Lakers cannot gather Jerry West in free agency, this team's in trouble. Number one, Lakers cannot get Jerry West. He's under contract. Number two, Luke Walton's look is actually looking like he's not heading out now because Magic Johnson was planning to fire Luke Walton, but he kind of kicked himself out the window before he was able to fire Luke Walton. So now, and also Luke Walton, Luke Walton is under contract until 2021. So and he has a they have a team option for that. So I don't know what's gonna happen with Luke Walton, but for right now it's gonna have to be a genie bus decision. But I'm gonna go back to this. This is the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen in sports history, and I'm being like 100% serious. Magic Johnson, he had the privilege of being the GM of the Los Angeles Lakers. What front office job has he ever had in his life? I know he owns the the Los Angeles Dodgers, but in in terms of baseball decisions, does he really make any decisions for that team? No. What has he done in front office positions? He has the name Magic Johnson. So obviously, and for, and I can I can 
testify or I can understand if someone wants to say that he got LeBron James. Well, I would have to say this. LeBron James got LeBron James to be there. He enrolled his kids way before he got a meeting with uh, Magic Johnson into school and whatnot. So LeBron James was already heading to L.A. That's that has been a thing. It was in LeBron James has even said it. It's either between L.A. or New York. He said it. He said it to um to D Wade. He said we, we were going to either end this in L.A. or in New York. So that's how it is. Magic Johnson, he had the privilege of being the GM of the Los Angeles Lakers, took it as a joke. He said he wants to have fun. Uh, if you, I mean, I don't understand. What, what do you mean? Are you a little kid? I don't, I'm just, I'm bamboozled. This is, this is horrible. I mean, if you're, the, if you're the GM of the Los Angeles Lakers, you got to be going to work. This is, and you said it, this is not a fan base to play with. So for you to want to have fun, congratulate players, be a mentor to others, that's cool. Go ahead and be that. Go ahead and do that. But do not, do not make the Los Angeles Lakers a much worse franchise and, a better like you, you did not whenever you entered the Los Angeles Lakers franchise it was in way better condition whenever you left it I mean now you look at this team a lot of players don't know if they're getting traded and whatnot the coaching staff doesn't know if they're staying or not and I mean you traded you, you made some horrific trades trading Zubach for Mike Muscala that was a bad one I know and you know what what happened with Reggie Bullock I mean I, I don't understand what went down within that Lakers organization Magic Johnson, I mean, it's good It's good that he took a step down, but it's actually really embarrassing, especially for this specific franchise, one of the most historic franchises in, in sports, not even in the NBA, just in sports. This is embarrassing to watch. Now, I do agree with you on this, though. In the summer, they have to, they do, like, their first move has to be to get a GM. And I'm going to assume that this is probably one of the most attractive general manager, excuse me, president of basketball operation jobs in the league. I mean, you got LeBron James, you got the young core, you have your, you have your draft assets and whatnot. This looks like this looks like it can be an attractive job. You're also going to be in L.A. Uh, a player-friendly owner and Jeannie Buzz, who's who seems like she's a pretty cool woman. This seems like an attractive job. I don't understand. I, I wouldn't understand if why someone would want to pass up on this job. But I mean, Magic Johnson. This is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. This is this is horrible for the Lakers fans. I mean, this is bad. I mean, everything is just bad about this. It's bad on the Lakers. It's bad on Magic Johnson. It's, it's bad on Jeannie Buzz for hiring Magic Johnson. The worst part about all this is, like you said, he said he was just having fun. I mean, there's a fine line between fun and business. So he got into the business side and said he wanted to have fun. It just doesn't make no sense. It's like you show up to a job and, you know, you just wake up one week and you're like, ah, I quit. I'm not interested. And the I thing mean, is, bad he, on you the thing looks, is, he didn't even let Jeannie Buzz know that he was stepping down. Yeah, that's he, he he was scared. That that's the most embarrassing thing. You are a grown man. You you have played against one of the greats, been in fights, but you're too scared to tell a lady or the owner of the team that you want to resign. As a, what is she gonna do? She, if she if she's gonna try to convince you, then you don't need, you do not you, you do not deserve that job. Yeah, that's what it comes. You do not you did not deserve that job from day one. You can say about um. LeBron James, why not? No, LeBron James was coming to LA regardless of who the GM was, who the coach was. But speaking of coaches, I, I really don't, I don't, I do not know what's gonna happen. I mean, it's looking, it's looking like Luke Walton is probably out the door. But Magic Johnson kicked himself out the position before he was able to fire Luke Walton. So now they don't have someone that can fire Luke Walton except for Jeannie Buzz. But Jeannie Buzz is the person who has the ultimate connection with Luke Walton. So I don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, there was reports by Adrian Wojnarowski that the whole coaching staff is getting fired. They say about two hours after the last game of the and, season. Yeah, and then but then if you look at the second tweet, because I saw that you yeah. look at the second tweet, he said, "Well, Magic Johnson kind of just screwed himself because he fired himself basically before yeah. he was able to fire Luke Walton." But I, I think the firing of Luke Walton is going to be more of a Lakers organization thing. 
I think Magic Johnson was just the one who's going to have to call the shot. But I, well, I, what I'm saying is I think it's going to be a much harder thing because I just said I think Luke Wong's probably going to get fired, but I just think it's going to be a harder decision for Jeannie Buss to make than it was for Magic Johnson to make. So, I mean, I don't understand. I don't, I, if they're going to get a head coach, I mean, I'm definitely going to look at Ty Lue. Um, I, I know Jason Kidd's been in talk for the job. I don't know what's going to happen, but they definitely got to get an executive. Jerry West is not leaving the Clippers. He's not leaving Clipperland just yet. They're looking like the most attractive franchise in the NBA right now in terms of free agency. I mean, he he has set the Los Angeles Clippers up for greatness. I mean, I you want to go ahead? No, no, no. I mean, no, no. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know who would pass up on this Lakers job. However, but I mean, it's looking it's looking good for Los Angeles Clippers and. Luke Wallen, I think he's out, but I mean, other than that, I mean, stage is yours. I think there's a there's a there's a few head coaching positions I think that'll fit L.A. perfect. Mark Jackson, who pretty much set up that Warriors dynasty, you know, he got fired just the year before they made it to the finals. You've got, like you said, Jason Kidd, who I think is the perfect fit, especially with a guy like Lonzo Ball, who's his absolute replica with more athleticism. I mean, there's a handful of guys out there. There's also, you know. What's his name? Avery Johnson, who's a phenomenal head coach. And there's just a handful of guys you can choose from. But I think the most important thing out of all of this is finding a GM who can really come in there. And that's going to be step one. Yeah. They're going to get a, they're going to, first of all, they're going to get a GM. And I, I promise you this within the next few weeks. It's that's, that's, that's what, that's what my prediction I is. I think they're entering off season. I think they're really going to take their time on this one. But the thing is, I don't know if you can take your time because free agency is in July. You got to yeah. have a whole culture set up. Because if look, but if you want to hire more important for them than free if you agency. if you want to hire a GM, a GM is going to have to come in and already have everything established. And if, for you to hire a GM, let's just say for example, week like a few weeks before the free agency starts, that well, you're you're kind of already behind. Yeah. So they're going to have to get a GM pretty fast. I'm not saying get a GM within the next few days. I'm saying get a GM within the next month or so, or or next three or four weeks. And they're really going to have to do some business. I think this job is probably one of the most attractive jobs. I also look at the the Washington Wizards job because uh, especially because they they fired their general manager. That's an attractive job. But I mean, other than that, those two are uh, going to be hot jobs in the market. And if if I'm the Lakers, this, this is what I would do. I say I say give it give it a few weeks. Try to find your right candidates. Get the GM. I mean, excuse me, get your president of basketball operations. If I was them, I would fire Rob Pelinka as well. Yeah. I think he hasn't done an amazing job as well. And there's been a lot of reports that. A lot of teams do not pick up on his calls because general managers do just do not like Rob Palinka, and that's what it comes down to. So, I mean, I would get rid of him, and I would just try to work my way up from the top down. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, you got to look at it. They got rid of Lou Williams, who could have been a key aspect in helping LeBron this season. They grabbed in a guy like Rondo who didn't necessarily fit into that Lakers team. Like, they, like you said, they let go of Zubak. I mean, this L.A. team is set up for a disaster unless they can get someone who can flip the script. And, I mean, the, the guy who can really come in, but like you said, he also he's also on contract, is Jerry West. I mean, he's an eight-time champion as an executive. He's a two-time executive of the year. He's one of the best at the GM position. But, you know, unfortunate for the Lakers, they, they don't have that option. And I think right now, you know, they're, they're, in, that, they're in that position where it's, you know, you know, we got we got to do some now. In I mean, if the longer they wait, it, j- it just gets worse from there. And if they wait until free agency and they go after free agents before they can find their general manager, this team's definitely in trouble. And I think they're gonna have another bad season under their belt coming up. I think you you brought up the coaching the coaching staff and you brought up Jason Kidd and Mark Jackson. For me personally, I would like what Mark Jackson can bring to the table, depending on the situation that they're in. I think if they 
if they were able to get a marquee free agent, let's just say a, uh, a Kawhi Leonard or a Kevin Durant, I personally wouldn't want a Jason Kidd to be in the coaching staff. I think Jason Kidd is more of a developmental coach that can help steer the young guys. I think Mark Jackson has a track of winning. That's and I, that's that's the thing that I would do. I think if I was the Lakers and I had just got myself a marquee free agent, but keep in mind, obviously they're going to have a head coach before a marquee free agent. It just depends on the route that they think that they're going to go. But if their route or if, if their destination is to develop young guys for another year, I say you got to look at Jason Kidd or you got to look at Mark Jackson. I think Mark Jackson yeah. has done a tremendous job developing players. But I think if you're obviously, which I predict that their route that they want to go is win now, which it should be. You yeah. got LeBron James, it should be win now. And you're going to have to look at a guy like Ty Lue. I mean, he's not everyone kind of gives him the assumption that he's not a good coach because he coached LeBron James. But at the end of the day, I go back to this you won a championship. I mean, you know what it takes to win a championship, you've done it before. So I think that he ha he can bring championship experience to that Lakers uh, front office. Or you got to look at someone like Mark Jackson as well. I think Mark Jackson is going to be interesting because he can affect the Lakers in both sides of the, of the of the spectrum. He can develop young guys, but he can also bring leadership, experience, and knowledge to the game. Yeah, definitely. I agree. But overall, Magic Johnson, what he's done, what the Lakers have done for him and the way he just turned his back on him, I don't think he ever deserves a job at the front office position, especially for the L.A. Lakers. Maybe another team might give him a shot. I wouldn't take that risk. I, I, I would. I would yeah, be once a quitter, always a quitter. I'd be surprised yeah. if a team gave him another shot. I would be at any. I position. would be in shock. I'd, I'd be in complete. I don't know. I how even. You know what? L let's skip the topic. All right. <laughs> let's move on to some other stuff. So Dirk and D Wade, they had their last home games, and they both had thirty points. Shout out to both of them. They had an illustrious career. And my question to you is. How will we remember both of these legends? Oh, all-time all greats. I mean, you got Dwayne Wade. He's arguably the number three best shooting guard of all time. You have Dirk. I mean, some people can put him in the number one, number two, number three, whatever, you know, order you want to put him in. But two phenomenal athletes who decide to call it a quits at the same time. Ironically enough, both of their arenas are American Airlines. You know, the Miami Heat's arena, but Mavs is American Airlines center. You know, they both faced each other in the NBA Finals. They both won their first ring against each other. So, I mean, this is just – this is a nice ending to, you know, arguably a great rivalry. You know, Dirk and Dwayne Wade, you know, they always faced each other off. They always gave their best. But I'm going to focus on my man Dirk real quick. Number sixth all-time scoring. He plays in our backyard, Dallas, Texas. I mean, the greatest Dallas player of all time, one can argue. And I, I mean, think it's it, an argument. I think that's yeah. facts. Depending if you're more of an NBA, you know, fo NFL these dude. football guides are going to, you know, say Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, things like that. But last night's game was emotional. You know, it really, really, really touched, touched the heart. You know, Dirk's last game, he came out balling. He scored 30 points on an all right shooting night. You know, a guy 41 years of age. Let, I, let's I cut be, some slack. It was it. a bad. He shot yeah. like 11 for 31. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to say it's all right. I'm going to cut some slack. Let's on cut my some guy. slack. Okay. Just because it's his last game. But the way the Mavericks organization handled things was just A-class. I don't think any organization has done anything for a guy of, you know, that caliber, that degree, the way the Mavericks did. I mean, they brought his six all-time favorite players to the game. The whole Dallas Cowboys football team was pretty much there. Mark Cuban pledged to, you know, have the biggest statue in front of American Airlines Center. I mean, I just – I loved it all. I loved it all. But you, you don't want to see a guy like Dirk, to leave, Dirk leave, but – I mean, he deserves retirement. What he's done for the you know city of Dallas and the Mavericks organization, 
the 2006 loss that really hurt. No, Everyone thought, you know, that's it. Dirk's going to retire without a ring. But he said no. But the one thing I want to give to Dirk is, you know, Kobe had that amazing run with the Lakers. I think he played, what was it, 20-plus years? I think he was 19 or 20 19 years. 19 or 20 yeah. years. But one thing is, Kobe Kobe had his ups and downs with the Lakers. He 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 want, They were about to trade him at one point. You know, he always wanted more money. But Dirk? It was more like he, he did what's better for the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, he always took the pay cuts. He never demanded a trade. He never got frustrated. He never got mad. He always just stuck with it and ran with it. And I think that's one of the things that really separates him from the all-time greats. And I don't think anyone who's ever played the sport of basketball has ever had that type of character. I think Dirk, Dirk's one of the only guys who will do what he did. I think it was, you know, he took 100-plus million in pay cuts throughout his whole career. I mean, there's no, there's almost no other guy that do the same thing as Dirk, and I think that's that's another thing that's really special about him as a person. Um, one person that comes into mind is Tim Duncan. I think just those two are like, it's just those two. Yeah, Tim yeah, Duncan. One, yeah, yeah, one can argue that. And then, but I mean, to, to back to the point, two great players, Dirk and D Wade. I mean, it's just amazing to see. I was watching a little bit of that Heat game, fans calling out, "We want Wade," and you know, saying, screaming, "Paul Pierce Puffy sucks," Puffy. and I mean. It was it was actually emotional to watch. I know I'm not the biggest D Wade fan, but if you're a fan of the if you're if you're a fan of the game, you're you're gonna get emotional no matter who it is. And that was just emotional to watch. You look at what D Wade did for Miami and all the rings that he brought them, all the greatness he's brought them. He's done a tremendous job. His career definitely was a roller coaster. He's had his ups and downs as well. You know, having his stints in Cleveland and Chicago, which kind of didn't fare well, but he's playing. He's actually playing really good this year, averaging 15 a game, and it's looking like he really shouldn't retire, but Hey, you know, you, you got to call it whenever you want it. And D. Wade had an amazing career. Now to Dirk. I mean, I, the, I can go on forever about Dirk. I mean, this guy is – he came in here whenever he was just a boy, grew up here, and he even said – he said, I was a German before I came here, but now I'm a Texan. And he's done so much for the Dallas community. He's done a tremendous job of being, being one of the best superstars in the league, having the best attitudes towards everything in the league. I mean, not once have we seen him – have any type of stint within the media or be a crybaby or anything. He's always been mature, you know, first class. And I, I can go on forever. I was watching the game and almost teared up because Dirk, you know, was was just – because, you know, after the game they had that little little memorial for him. And, you know, he got the mic and he was like, you guys all know. He's like, this, this was my last home game. And Mark Cuban looked like he was about to cry. And I just – I want to shout out Mark Cuban. He did a tremendous job with the memorial. You know, being first of all, all the, all the the whole the whole forty one twenty one one thing that was impressive, and I like the, the the slogan that he brought to it. He def, and then he had the blue carpet rolled out in front of the Mavs stadium. He had a party in front of the Mavs game right before the game. I mean, then he had the Dirk the Dirk little little head thingies that you can wave around in the stands. Gave that to everyone. He had commemorative tickets for Dirk's last game, and then even after the game, what all the graphics that he did on the basketball court. And you know, throwing up 3D images on in the basketball. Yeah. I mean, that's that's impressive to see. And then the whole tribute was amazing to watch. Bringing out his his idols, his heroes: Charles Barkley, Scottie Pippen, Sean Kemp. I mean, Dead Left Shrimp. I mean, it, the list goes. Larry Bird. It was it was super impressive to watch. Shout out to Mark Cuban because that was really impressive to watch. I mean, as a Mavs fan, I'm proud, and I'm also sad. I mean, you look at someone who's brought us tremendous joy. I mean, and I can and I can be honest. He's brought us he's brought us frustration and sadness. But I mean, that's what that's what comes and goes whenever you're a superstar in the league. 
I mean, you know, look at that series with Golden State whenever we were a first seed. We should have won that series, and that's what I'm talking about in terms of frustration. But, I mean, I love Dirk, and, I mean, this guy Dirk is accepted throughout, throughout all parts of Dallas. Probably uh, he, through, he's certified in the hood. He's certified in all parts of Texas and probably all parts of the U.S. That's just the type of dude he is. I mean, shout-out to Dirk Nowinski. Amazing career. And shout-out to D-Wade as well. Amazing career. I got to have respect for both of them. It's sad that two greats are going out. But, I mean, Larry Bird had a point. He said – you left the game. I mean, you entered the game and left it in a way much better condition whenever you entered. Oh, and yeah. that's what it comes – you look at the young core that we have now. I mean, Giannis is – I mean, we got seven-footers that are shooting threes. Shout-out to Dirk. We have a lot of guards that try to play like D-Wade. I mean, the game is in much better hands because of these two. And shout-out to both of these legends. Yeah, definitely. The, the thing I'm going to get out of all this, I'm going to witness. I witness the history of Dirk. So I get to I get to appreciate that I get to tell that to all the youngins in the next generation that they haven't seen nothing. All right, they didn't see a seven foot baller from the G come in the game and just m- put his foot inside that hardwood. But overall, Mavs organization A class, and you know I think we have a shot at landing Kevin Durant in free agency. We just gotta wait on it. But uh, let's flip the script to some college ball, the national championship game. You know, still, sh- it's shout out my Texas Longhorns. We're still NIT champions. You know, we're doing some for Texas. Texas Tech, runners up. Sad loss against Virginia. What's your overall feel? How, how you, how, how'd you feel about that game? I mean, I'm watching the game, and I'm looking at this Virginia team, extremely impressive. Yeah. I'm looking at this Texas Tech team, extremely impressive. They both played a tremendous game. And I like, I like what I saw out of a few dudes. I know Jared Co- excuse me, Jared Culver had a bad shooting night, but we also got to understand the type of player that he's going to be or translate into the league. He is not going to be an isolation player where he plays one-on-one basketball and tries to will his team into a championship game. That's not going to be the player he is. I think, or what I predict the player that he's going to be, is a nice nice defender because he can defend. He has an NBA body. He's 6'6". They say, he, they say he's listed at 195. If you look at me, I'm sticks and bones, and I'm 205. This guy, Jerry Culver, is 6'6 and looks twice my size. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that he's 210 plus. And I mean, oh and this, I mean, I'm looking at this dude and he can pass the ball, set teammates up, rebound. And I'm, you got to look at the fundamentals and what he can bring into an NBA team. I know he had a bad shooting night, but th- th- this guy's going to translate good. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sold on this guy. I think if you, if you spend a sixth or seventh pick on this dude, because they had him top five, but I think that championship game definitely kind of derailed his stock. If you're, if you're sixth or seven, I mean, that's a good pick. But yeah. I, w- I want to get to this, though. DeAndre Hunter. I mean, amazing game. I, if you want to flip it. He was guarding Jericho over the whole game. Really good defender. I mean, you look at what he can bring to an NBA roster. He's a four that's 6'8", 230. He can rebound. He can stretch the floor. He, he can pass the ball. I mean, he's mature and whatnot. I mean, Ty Jerome as well, he can – I mean, it's looking like – because they had him projected at the 30th pick. I mean, after that game, it's looking like he's going to be around 19, 19, 20-ish. That's, 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 that's what he's looking like. I don't know if he's earned, he's earned himself a little up after that game. Uh, what? I think late game, Ty Jerome, he kind of hit a couple big shots. He missed a couple big shots that could have really sealed the deal. I mean, DeAndre Hunter had to come up big for that Virginia team. I, I think, I think the whole. I, I don't think it was a national championship game that helped his stock. I think I mean, it overall, was the whole Ty tournament. Jerome played phenomenal, but I think it was the whole tournament that helped his stock. I mean, you look at what he did the whole tournament. I know he's not the most athletic dude; doesn't have the longest arms and whatnot. 
But, I mean, he's a bucket getter. He will get buckets. He will ISO you. And, I mean, you look at Kyle Guy as well. He can ball as well. This Virginia team played phenomenal. Texas Tech, I feel like they relied too much on Clover to do something. Mooney played pretty solid. But, I mean, other than that, Virginia was the better team. Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, Virginia was the better team, and they were the better coach team. Texas Tech relied on their one dude. And, I mean, I, I, I understand that, rightfully so. This guy's going to be a top-five pick potentially in the draft. And you really don't have – Texas Tech was known kind of as a as – a, it wasn't known as a national-wide basketball school. This team is now on the map. So yeah. now they, they, they didn't have the full rotation of guys such as, such as a Virginia would have. You know, Virginia would have the five stars and whatnot. Texas Tech would have their three stars, three-and-a-half stars, four-star athletes, recruits coming in. But, I mean, now Texas Tech is on the map. And it's, it's, I understand that they lost, but – and all in all, it, they really did win. I mean, you look at all the people that have attend, like, excuse me, that have sent applications to the school on an average daily basis. It was 50 people that sent applications to, to Texas Tech on a daily basis. After they went to the final four, it jumped to 140 applicants every single day. So it jumped by 90 people per day just because of making the final four. This is what basketball can do for schools. So, I mean, shout out to Texas Tech, but Virginia, you played amazing. And I mean, that's, that's really, that's really all I got. I think Virginia did a wonderful job of closing games, the whole Final Four. Kyle Guy is a reason they're in this position. He's always made big shots. He's always closed out games. I mean, the big one against Auburn, and then he get he got fouled the you know following possession, and he hits the three free throws. He knocks them down effortless. I mean, the guy has a clutch gene in him. He's one of the best shooters in college basketball, and a lot a lot goes to my guy Kyle uh, Kyle Guy. I mean, they they had him unlocked. They they were forcing him not to shoot. And what Virginia did is they made another guy step up big, and that was DeAndre Hunter, who came big, hit two important threes to really seal the deal and give him that win. But I think overall, Jared Culver had a bad game. I mean, he had if you look at his last two games, he had a, he had horrible shooting nights, and I think that was the deciding factor for the last one. I mean, it got him into the national championship, but. Another bad game just wasn't enough for Texas Tech to pull it off. And I think Texas Tech should have, you know, forced the ball into other guys' hands like Matt Mooney, who was hot. I mean, he was just knocking down big shots. But they just weren't they weren't feeding him late in the game. And that's kind of what I bring up, too. I think it's a coaching aspect. I mean, I understand the Jericho over. But, I mean, you got to look at someone like Mooney who's been, who was eating. I think that there's some responsibility on Chris Beard and whatnot. But, I mean, that's what I talk about in terms of yeah. coaching. But keep going on. My bad. Yeah, I think Jericho Culver. I mean, he – he just got too excessive at the end of the game. He kept taking shots that he shouldn't have. He got blocked on the, you know, game, arguably the game-winning field goal. I mean, there's just – you, you got to do better. I mean, you're a sophomore. You have a little more experience. You, you, sh you should be, you know, ma making big plays late in the game. But overall, I would say Virginia, you know, much deserved. You know, getting knocked out last season, being the first ever number one seed to lose in the round of 64. They really – you know, people – Talked about them as, you know, a team that chokes. But, I mean, they came in and they, they proved the world wrong. I mean, I, I, I didn't have them getting past the Sweet 16 just because of last year. And I, I have them arguably as, you know, the favorites for next season because they might lose just one guy in DeAndre Hunter. Ty Jerome, it looks like he might be staying in Virginia for one more season. Then you got a guy like Kyle Guy who's probably going to be there another season. All your key guys are still there. You're losing a big player, but you, you're still going to be a great team heading into next season. And I think overall, th there was a lot to take from this. I think it's a stepping stone for Texas Tech. They've got one of the best recruits coming in, and Jamius Ramsey. I think he can fill in Jarrett Culver's position very well. So I think Texas Tech is still in good hands. 
But I don't know if they have enough in the tank to make another run like this. Oh, I mean, I mean yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, definitely not. I mean, I mean, we we don't know, but but no one the expected way, knowing Texas March Tech, Madness. This was no one, one of those. Ex- yeah, no one expected Texas Tech to go to the final game. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, shout. Out, I, I want to do shout out Texas Tech. I mean, they they did a tremendous job recruiting, getting their dudes, getting guys to buy in and whatnot. I mean, other than that, it's a stepping stone. You're right, it's a stepping stone for Texas Tech. I mean, you 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 hit it right on the dot. Jemias Ramsey's coming in, and this this team's looking solid. Jared Culver, you you hit it right on the dot as well. He had a bad shooting game, and I'm gonna go ahead and say this as well. I, he's gonna translate well. I'm I'm looking at this dude's fundamentals. I'm looking at what he can bring to a table for an NBA team, and he has a lot to bring. Other than that, I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and switch the topic to some juice. Oh yeah. With Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean. I, if you want, you, do you want to go ahead and introduce this topic? Because I mean, this the beef the beef on Twitter was just crazy. Because I mean, what had happened was Antonio Brown basically was talking mess about Juju Smith, saying that he choked in the playoffs and did not catch a ball. And Juju Smith was like, "Hey man, all I did was ever show you love. <laughs> I never disrespected you or anything. So why are you coming for me?" So then, what Antonio Brown did to rebuke, not did he he didn't talk mess back or you know he didn't apologize. What he did was take a screenshot of when Juju Smith-Schuster DM'd him whenever Juju was in USC as a college athlete in 2015 and asked Antonio Brown for advice. If anything, that makes Antonio Brown look like more of a explicit. If you yeah. if you guys want to fill in the lines, you guys know what I'm saying. But this this makes this makes Antonio Brown look bad in my opinion. I think he looks. I mean, just the whole situation with the Steelers. But I'm gonna go ahead and let you take you know go ahead. I mean, all right, so from the get-go, I always had it as a, you know, it's an Antonio Brown issue rather than a Ben Roethlisberger or Pittsburgh Steeler issue. I mean, the way him and Le'Veon Bell handle things was just straight blasphemy. I mean, if anyone has a reason to really speak up against an organization, it'd be Le'Veon Bell because they didn't want to give him, you know, a max contract, a long-term deal, things like that. But for Antonio Brown, you know, at one point, they had you as the highest-paid wide receiver when you signed that contract. They showed nothing but love. You have in your bio 32 teams passed on you. The Steelers never passed on you. I mean, arguably, if they don't draft you, if they didn't draft you in that draft, you don't get drafted. I mean, you know, he's a guy from Central Michigan. I respect his work ethic. I respect his grind. But Ryan Clark hit it right on point a couple years back. He said, you know, I've been in that locker room with Antonio Brown. And he's one of those guys when, when you pay him, He's going to become a whole nother person. He's going to think he's on top of you. He's got an ego problem. He thinks he's better than everyone, which in terms of, you know, football, I think he is. But as a person, absolutely not. He's one. He has one of the worst acts of a, you know, caliber, uh, that yeah. high caliber. And I think it just makes him look worse. A guy like Juju showed nothing but love even after Antonio Brown, you know, came out on social media, talked down on him. You know, Juju responded with, you know, man, I only showed you, you know, love throughout your whole career. I was happy for you when the Oakland Raiders gave you a higher, you know, pay and things like that. And Antonio Brown responses with the most pettiest move of all time. He's like you said, he screenshots Juju Smith as a college athlete asking for help from, you know, a guy he looks up to. It just it doesn't make no sense. If anything, you're making Juju Smith look like a better person. And you're just making yourself look like a phony. I mean, Antonio Brown, you know, phenomenal athlete. I'm not going to take anything away. Best receiver in the league, I, I still think, by far. You know, but Juju Smith had a better season than you last season. 
I'm not gonna say he's the better wide receiver. I mean, they had you, they had Antonio Brown double teamed almost all year, but Juju Smith played better. You know, he he was he was a better person, not just on the field but off the field, and that's why the Pittsburgh Steelers named him Player of the Year. Not not because you know he's a better receiver, but you know he contributed more on the field and off the field. And for Antonio Brown to you know come out there and just to bash the guy, I mean, I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm really not a fan. I was a huge Antonio Brown fan. I, you know, always respected him. But I, I have no respect for him as a person after this unless he can work things out and, you know, issue an apology, things of that sort. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and admit this. Whenever I first looked at the Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger ideal, I was on, I was on Antonio Brown's side. I was like, you know, how, how, why are we hating on someone that, you know, came from the sixth round that worked his way up? I felt like he had a right to be – cocky to a certain to a certain extent yeah i don't know how cocky he really is but after looking at this beef with juju smith schuster it's looking like he has an ego and it's ironic that we talk about ego some, problem it's, it's, it's ironic we talk about someone of that caliber with an ego whenever we just got done talking about the one and only dirk Nowitzki, you know yeah. a superstar that never had an ego that was humble and whatnot antonio brown is the opposite and that's just how it is sometimes in the business i mean I will say this: I'm wrong about the situation. I feel like now that I, that, that I take a step back and look like and look, excuse me, and look at what he's been doing, especially on social media and whatnot, it's it's looking like it, it was probably his fault with the Ben Roethlisberger ideal and with the Steelers organization. And I think it's just time to move on. You, that's yeah. it. Like you're you are in Oakland, and you know you you got paid, you got what you wanted. That's it. I mean, you you know you 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 have a solid team around you. This team looks like it might be able to contend for a playoff spot. And so right now, you need to focus on football. Focus on your team. That's it. The Steelers organization is in the past. I mean, you, you might go, you might play them in the season and whatnot. I don't know how their schedule is looking like. But, I mean, other than that, you need to go ahead and move on. That's it. Antonio Brown, you're making yourself look worse. You're ma- this whole situation just looks bad upon you. Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, shout out, shout out to him. He, he is a character, but he, yeah. he can play. And, I mean, Antonio Brown, you, you, you just got to move on, man. You just got to move on from that. And we got to look. The Steelers definitely are going to move on. I don't think they care about the situation anymore. But Oakland Raiders, you don't just move on from something like this. You got a guy like Antonio Brown who's coming to a locker room with a lot of young guys. You don't want none of that ego problems to rub off on these young new guys coming into the league. I mean, they traded Khalil Mack, their best player, arguably one of the deadliest forces in football, you know, without an ease. You know, John Gruden was like, I'm going to take the – the other route, I'm going to completely rebuild and build a dynasty. I mean, this is only his second year under his belt. I mean, he, out of any guy in football, John Gruden wouldn't hesitate to trade the guy if there's some issues going on in the locker room. So Antonio Brown has definitely got to fix his act. We know you're a great receiver. No one's taking that away from you. You know, we, we know you put in the work. You're one of the hardest workers in the league. But it doesn't give you any room to, you know, just walk in there and think you're on top of everyone. You're still you're still a person like everyone else in that locker room. You're still a professional athlete. You're still a guy who's trying to feed his family just like everyone else around you. So you know he's got he's got to fix this he's got to fix his act a little bit. I mean, he he's got to stop thinking he's over everyone. He's got to stop you know playing the blame card, pointing fingers. Because I mean, it, it just shows that he's the problem and he's got to fix the problem within himself. No 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 doubt about it. I mean I definitely agree. Antonio Brown making yourself look bad, but. Other than that, I mean, yeah. it's Sports Decaf. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for watching Wednesday and tuning morning. in. And, you know, it, it is a Wednesday morning. 
week is almost or kind of halfway done. So peace out, guys. You guys have a good one.